2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 through 22. Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Thank you, Pete. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity we have to um, gather together and to think about it together. I pray that you would teach us, that you would grow us in your grace. We, we pray, God, that um, you, would, you would do whatever work you want to do, that you would do that in our hearts today. And um, I thank you for the work you've already done in our hearts, that, that, we, that we care about this, God, that we love your word because of your grace, by your spirit. We, we pray, God, that you would continue that work in us. In Christ's name, amen. Um, this passage, the first thing we have to do as we, as we think about these few verses is um, we have to ask ourselves, uh, do, do, do we want to be vessels for honorable use? These, these verses here, 20 through 22, and then carrying on next week, 23 through 26, um, these, these verses are about being vessels for honorable use, um, holy, useful to the Master, ready for every good work. So you have to ask yourself, do you want to be that kind of vessel? I believe, I think Scripture teaches, that if we belong to God, if we've been saved by Jesus Christ, if we've been given a new heart by the Spirit of God, you believe the Gospel, you've been born into the family of God, I believe that you want this. That this is a desire that the Holy Spirit is giving you. You want to be a vessel for honorable use. You want to be set apart as holy useful to the Master, ready for every good work. If you don't want that, like if you could care less about that, if that's not interesting to you at all, then you need to do some soul searching. And I would love to to talk more about that with you. Come find me, we'll talk, uh, because that's scary. Like you don't care about this. Uh, But I'm assuming this morning that most of you do care about this. This is why you're here. You want to be an honorable vessel. You want to be set apart as holy, useful to the Master, ready for every good work. So if that's what you want, this this passage will help us this morning. This passage gives us three really important truths. Three things we have to hold on to. Remember, keep keep in our minds. Three truths that have to guide us. They will help us to be Honorable vessels. Vessels that are useful to our Master, to King Jesus. 
So, three really important truths. Um, one from verse 20, one from verse 21, one from verse 22 this morning. So truth number one, we have to remember there are two kinds of vessels. There are two kinds of vessels. Verse 20 says, Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Paul is saying here, you go to someone's house, you're going to find only two kinds of vessels. You're going to find those that are honorable, and you're going to find those that are dishonorable. Um, let's say that I invited you um, over to our house for dinner. And you didn't realize that we had six children, and so you came. You came over. Um, you didn't know what you are getting yourself into. Uh, everybody comes over once, then everybody's sick after that. No one can come over. Uh, we'd love to, but we can't. We get a love, we get a, we get a lot of, we'd love to, but we can't. So we get, we get people over one time and then that's it. But that's fine. We, uh, we enjoy that one time with them. Um, let's say you came over to our house. Um, and my wife is a good cook and she made really good food. She made, um, like, uh, she makes honey baked chicken. It's really good. And this is the only reason I invite people over because she only makes it when people come over. So, um, it's worth it to me to have you people over because I get good food. Anyhow, um, also, I love you, and um, I'm just so proud of who you are. Anyhow, um, so, so you, you come over, and we have these interesting serving dishes for you. Um, and you say, what is this, this bucket that the chicken is... Oh, that's our puke bucket. That's your puke bucket? Well, that's not very nice. That's our vomit receptacle. That's... Um, that's... We have those buckets downstairs because all of our children enjoy getting sick at the same time, and so we each give them a, a bucket to put by their bed in, at nighttime in case they wake up sick and they can't get to the bathroom. They can just throw up in that. And, and we also use it um, for, for serving dishes sometimes. We, I'm, I'm fairly certain we, we wiped it down before we used it. It's fine. That other bucket, that's the one we keep the toilet plunger in. Um, <laughs> It's fine. They're, it's fine. I, I had a paper towel. Kind of... It's fine. You would be concerned. You, would be, you probably wouldn't want to stick around for dessert. You'd probably have somewhere to go. That's because there are honorable dishes, there are honorable vessels, and there are dishonorable vessels. We don't, we don't confuse the two. It's really bad for building friendships if we, if we, if we um, confuse the two. Paul says this is the way it is in the great house. And here he's saying the church. We look around the church, and that's, Paul is just talking about the people who claim Christ. Paul is saying here there's all kinds of people who claim Christ. There are, there are some there are many that are honorable. They're, they're honorable vessels. But then Paul's also talked here in 2 Timothy about those that are not. And he talks about it in every one of his letters. There are people who are polluting the church. They claim Christ. They've, they've infiltrated the local church. They, they claim to be a part of the group. Um, but they do not bring honor to their Master. They are not ready for every good work. They're dishonorable. Paul is saying here, 
you, you, you only have two kinds of people. You only have honorable or dishonorable. What Paul wants us to understand is we, as we get this idea of becoming honorable, as we get that going in our minds, the first truth we have to grab hold of is that there is not a, a third category. There's not a middle category. And so this morning, we have to kind of remember that we are either honorable, we are, we are useful to Jesus, we are growing in holiness. It is, we, we, we are actually literally growing in holiness. We are becoming more and more holy, more and more useful, or we are dishonorable. It's, it's really bad for our growth in godliness. It's really bad for our growth as a Christian to create some sort of weird middle category that the Bible doesn't allow for. This is the way we get stuck in the mud. This is how we devalue the gospel, devalue the work of God in our lives is by saying, you know what, there are people who are honorable, they're useful, they're holy, but they're kind of good at it. They're kind of good at it. And then there are people who are dishonorable. They have awful doctrine, and they have awful lives, and I'm not them either. I'm just sort of this person in the middle. No, Paul says no. No. You have two kinds of vessels. Two kinds of vessels. The first thing we have to grab hold of as we think through this passage as we think through being useful to Jesus. As we think through being holy and being ready for every good work. This is what we want. The first thing we have to remember, there are two kinds of vessels. Two kinds of vessels. And now, the second truth we have to understand is that is this. Truth number two, sanctification is the difference between them. Sanctification is the difference between them. Verse 21 says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the Master, ready for every good work. So Paul is saying there are two kinds of vessels. You have the honorable vessels, and you have the dishonorable vessels. And you cannot confuse the two. You cannot confuse the two. And you have to understand that the difference between honorable and dishonorable, the the difference is sanctification. It's this idea cleansing ourselves from what is dishonorable. Um, there's this new thing. I don't know how new... It's new to me. I don't know how new it is actually in the world, but it's a big fad. Um, repurposing. You guys seen repurposing? People love to repurpose stuff, right? So they take, like, an old ladder and they make it into a bookshelf or something. They take an, uh, an old TV, like those old TVs, the big one, not flat screens, the old big TVs, and they hollow it out and they make it into an aquarium or something, or an old computer, and they turn it into a mailbox, um, it's repurposing. It's a big thing. I was doing um, very intense research for the sermon, and so I googled repurposing, and I found a website called 105 Genius Repurposing Ideas. I, I didn't look at all 105 of them, but n- none of them were genius. I mean, some of them were interesting, I guess, but a lot of them were just stupid. Like, they said, oh, you could take that, that skateboard that your kid doesn't want anymore, you could take it and make a shelf out of it. 
But I looked at the picture, and it was just like a skateboard hung on the wall. I mean, that's not, that's not repurposing. You just look like you have a, a skateboard on the wall. That's just stupid. And so I was, I was like, this is dumb. So that's why I didn't look at all 105. I was like, that, if, if this one's genius and the rest of them are genius, I don't want to see it. Anyhow, so but I was thinking about that. I was thinking one of my favorite things about the gospel, about God's work in us through His Son, Jesus, is the way that God repurposes us. We were garbage cans. We were puke buckets. We were. And God didn't just put some flowers in us and say, hey, look, it's a flower pot now. He changed us. He fundamentally, completely, inside out, changed us. What Paul does, this is, this is a really interesting passage to me, and I had a lot of fun studying this and thinking about it this week, because um, I, I just hadn't very much, or at least I don't remember thinking through it. It was really cool to see, in Romans 9, Paul gives us um, sort of the inside story. In Romans 9, he says, he says in verse... 21 through 26, he says, Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel, listen to this, one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? Paul is using the same language that he uses in 2 Timothy 2. Vessels for honorable use, vessel for dishonorable use. He says, What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? In order to make known the riches of His glory for vessels of mercy, which He has prepared beforehand for glory. Even us, listen to this, some of my favorite verses in the Bible. I'm going to do this without crying. Listen to this. Even us whom He has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles, as indeed He says in Hosea, listen to this, those who were not My people I will call my people. And her who was not beloved, I will call beloved. This is our story this morning. We were not His people, and He has made us His people. We were not beloved, we were far from it, and He has made us beloved. And in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they will be called sons of the living God. This is what God has done for us. He has taken us completely, completely from being vessels for dishonorable use, vessels of wrath, and He has brought us in. He has made us vessels for honorable use. And this is all by His grace. We, are, we, were, we were not His people, and now we are His people. We are the sons and the daughters of the living God. We are forgiven. We are given new hearts. We are adopted. We are saved. That's what Paul is talking about in Romans 9. That is the huge fundamental difference between dishonorable vessels and honorable vessels. It's the grace of God. In Romans 9, Paul is talking all about what's happening inside of our hearts. He's talking about all... Here's what's happening inside of our hearts. That's the the difference in Romans 9. Now he's going to look at 2 Timothy 2 and he's going to show us the difference on the outside. He's going to say, since the grace of God is real to you on the inside, here's what's going to happen on the outside. He says in verse 21, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself 
from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use. So God has cleansed us on the inside. He has changed us. He has fundamentally changed us. And we show that by pushing away from what is dishonorable. By wanting nothing to do with it. By going, by chasing hard after what is honorable and good. What is good doctrine? What is good morality? See, this is where we see the other side of the coin. We are saved by God's grace. And then we are also called to cleanse ourselves. This is, this is what a theologian will call progressive sanctification. This is us pursuing holiness. Trying hard to grow in holiness. In, in Philippians 2, Paul says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. This is, this is Paul sort of putting it in a nutshell here. God is working in you. God, in this invisible, mysterious way, has brought you from being a, a, a chamber pot and He has made you a teapot. He has fundamentally changed you from garbage receptacle to vessel of honorable use. And since that is true on the inside, since God is working in you on the inside, you work it out. You demonstrate it. You show it. You pursue it. You work hard to show what God is doing on the inside. If you want to be a vessel for honorable use, it's completely dependent upon God's grace, and it is something we must pursue with our lives. Those who are saved will demonstrate it with the way that they live. This is not to earn forgiveness, earn salvation. That has been accomplished by God for us. It is to show that we are saved. It's God who works in us. He puts it another way in Titus 2. Paul does. He says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us, to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us to redeem us from, from all lawlessness and to purify for Himself a people for His own possession who are zealous for good works. Christ has saved us. He has completely saved us. We are completely forgiven. And He has made us into a people who are zealous for good works. We have zeal for good works. We are saved to good works. Those who are saved by God, those who have experienced Romans 9, that idea that we were not beloved, we were not His people, we were so far from it, and He has brought us in. He has said to us, you were not My people, you are My people. You were not beloved. You are now beloved. Those of us who by God's grace have experienced that, we will show it by cleansing ourselves. By pursuing sanctification. Pursuing holiness. Practical holiness in our lives. So we have to get this. There are are two kinds of vessels. There There are dishonorable vessels and honorable vessels. And the difference between them is sanctification. That brings us to truth number three. This, this, this shows us here a little bit of what that sanctification looks like. What pursuing holiness looks like. 
Two kinds of vessels. Sanctification is the difference between them. So, truth number three, so we must flee and pursue. Flee and pursue. Verse 22, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. This is what, this is what those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, this is what we will be doing. This is what we will be doing. We will be fleeing and pursuing. Verse 21 tells us sanctification is the difference. Verse 22 gives us an idea of what sanctification looks like. Now, this is not all that the Bible has to say on the subject, but this is a really good start. This would be good for us to focus on this this week. This is a good start. Paul says you're to be running away from some stuff and you're to be chasing after other stuff. First thing he says in this verse is flee youthful passions. Flee. Run away from youthful passions. Um, sometimes this, this um, verse gets preached um, and taught as if it's mostly about um, like lust, like sexual desire, like, like the wrong kind of uh, of lustful desire. That's not what, that's not, I mean, that's not mostly what Paul's talking about here. I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously could be included in, but that's not mostly what he's talking about. Um, the, uh, the, the context helps us to understand what Paul is talking about. The, the phrase youthful passions is pretty general. It could mean a lot of stuff. And so we look at the, the close context to see what Paul is talking about. And we see he's talking about pursuing righteousness, faith, love, and peace. And then we go down to the verses we'll cover next week and he, we see that he's, he's talking about avoiding ignorant controversies. He's talking about not being quarrelsome, being kind to everyone, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. And so, so what we have here is we have these kinds of ideas. We're to flee, run away from being quarrelsome, being unkind, being harsh and arrogant and ungentle and impatient. These characteristics are far too common among Christians. We must tell the truth. We have to. We have to. We'll talk more about this next week. We have to tell the truth. It's vital. But we must do so with gentleness and with patience. I was thinking about this this week, and I, a few ways that this, this convicted me. How do, you, how do we speak to our children? Are we kind to them? Are we gentle? Children, how do you speak with people who are younger than you? Teenagers, how do you speak with people who are younger than you? Or, or who, are, who don't have the social standing you have? Don't have the social abilities you have. How do we speak to people? Are we gentle and patient? How do you speak to your equals? Chances are, if they're your equal, in social standing, in age, in experience, in importance, chances are you speak kindly to their face How do you speak about them behind their back? Are you arrogant? Are you critical? Are you harsh? 
I found this verse pretty convicting. I was actually kind of thinking going into this week, um, starting my study on Monday and Tuesday, I was starting to think, uh, when, or when I started this passage, I was thinking that, that, that avoid youthful passions was going to mostly be about lust and lustful thoughts. That's kind of what I was thinking as I was going in. Um, and then I was convinced, I was roundly convinced in my study that that's not what this is about. Paul's, Paul has something else in mind here. And then I found it way more convicting. Because I kind of got myself psyched up for it being that. And I was thinking, I can be faithful to my wife in my thoughts and in my actions. I can be morally faithful to her. I can make sure I'm not looking at anything inappropriate. I'm not flirting with anyone. I'm not dwelling on thoughts I shouldn't. I can be faithful to her, but I can still be unkind to her. What I've even known to happen, definitely not in my life, ever, ever, but some guys might do this. Um, I've, I've known that, we'll call him my friend. His name is Deeb. Um, he can be ungentle and harsh with his wife because he's being faithful to her. He can say, you don't know how hard I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm pure and faithful to you. You should treat me better. <laughs> you should be nicer to me. You should appreciate me a little bit more. Not every wife has it as good as you have it. I can be faithful and harsh and ungentle and impatient, arrogant. Paul says, run hard away from that stuff. I will tell you that most of my sin, as far as I can tell, comes from my arrogance. It comes from my impatience. It comes from my harshness. When my when my reputation is questioned, when my comfort is threatened, when my self-confidence is undermined, those are some, those are some of my, my things right there. Don't, don't mess with my reputation. Don't mess with my comfort. Don't say anything that undermines my self-consciousness. Don't, my, my self-confident. Don't make me self-conscious. If you do, I'll get arrogant and impatient and harsh. Paul is saying to me, Steve, run away from that stuff. Run away from it. There's nothing good there for you. So let's flee youthful passions. And then he says, and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Pursue. So we're running away from youthful passions and we're running after righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call the Lord from a pure heart. So we're pursuing righteousness. Righteousness there has the idea of being upright. It's having integrity. It's, it's people seeing and knowing the real you. You're not different at home or at your work or at church. You're you. Wherever you are, you're you. You're trustworthy. You're, you're known to be upright, to have integrity. We're to be pursuing faith which is the, the belief, this constant belief 
in the promises and the goodness of God. We believe that the Gospel is true. We believe that He will indeed complete the good work that He's begun in us. So we don't have to be mighty or powerful or important. We need Jesus. That's what we need. We need Jesus. We were talking about this in Sunday school this morning. We, we were talking about James chapter 3, and we cannot control our tongue. We cannot be known for mercy. We, we cannot control our words. We don't. James 3 it gives us this, this, it's just this blanket statement no man can tame his tongue. So we need the wisdom that's from above. And so faith means here that we believe what James 1 5 says. If, if we ask God for help, for wisdom, he will help us. He will help us. We have, in the Gospel, we have these great and precious promises. Because Jesus has died for us, and because we have been forgiven of our sins and brought into this right relationship with God, and because the Holy Spirit is alive and at work in us, because we have all of this grace, we can believe the promises that God gives us. This is what faith means. That we have all that we need in Christ Jesus. So you're pursuing righteousness and you're pursuing faith. And and then you're pursuing love. So often in the New New Testament, faith and love are coupled together. They they, they come together a lot. because, Because love is what faith produces. As we believe all that God has done and all that He is doing for us through the Gospel of His Son, as we just grab hold of that, and we just believe that, the, that, the, that God has said to us, you are not beloved, but now you are beloved. You are not My people, but now you are My people. I have brought you in. You were a vessel of wrath. And I could have shown My glory by destroying you. But instead, I decided to show My glory by saving you. This is all grace. Once that just gets into us, this mercy that God has for us, this love that He has for us, it starts to show up in our lives. It starts to mark the way we love Him, but then also the way we we love others, the way He has first loved us. This this has been a convicting sermon for me to study out this week. As I was writing this sermon, I was... I was reminded of these, these just crystal clear moments in my life where, where I, could, I could choose to love the people in my life or I could choose youthful passion. I could choose impatience and harshness and arrogance. I could choose to love people or I could choose youthful passion. Couldn't choose both. And I still cringe at the times I chose wrongly. We are, we are to pursue, chase after righteousness and faith and love, and then we are to pursue peace. Here we have peace. It's a, it's a personal attribute. It doesn't always mean a personal attribute in the Bible, but here it's talking about a personal attribute. It's talking about this quiet composure, a calmness, a confidence that 
I am truly at peace with God the Father because of God the Son. I'm truly at peace with Him. And then bringing that calmness into my relationships. There are many times with my children where I have to be urgent and passionate and clear. I have to be, I have to be urgent and passionate and clear. And what I'm saying to them, they have to understand and they have to conform to. It is important. There are times as a, as a pastor, when I preach to you or when I counsel with you, when I'm trying to help you and encourage you, it's time for me to be urgent and passionate and clear. But Scripture also calls me to be calm. I don't need to lose my cool and take things personally and lash out at people. Because here's the thing. I can have confidence that the same God who is repurposing me, if God can repurpose me, then He can repurpose you. If God is repurposing me, then I can have calm confidence that He is repurposing you. If He can take me from the dishonorable vessel that I was, and He can change me into a vessel for honor, He can do that for anyone. So I can be a peaceful person. I can have calm confidence. I I want us to be ready, church. Let's be ready. Let's Let's be honorable vessels. Let's be noticeably, actually, literally growing in holiness. Let's be useful to the Master. Let's be ready for every good work. How do we get there? We have to remember that there are are only two kinds of vessels. Let's not create some weird third middle ground that's no good. That'll get us stuck in in the mud. There are two kinds of vessels. There's honorable and dishonorable. And and let's remember that sanctification by the grace of God is the difference between dishonorable and honorable vessels. And so let's flee from youthful passions. Let's pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Let's pray together. God, we are thankful for Your grace. And we're thankful for Jesus who is so, so gentle with us. So patient with us. And we see this all over the New Testament. So often, so often, He could have just gone crazy on the disciples. And He was so patient with them. Over and over and over, He's just patient with them. He has this, just this calm confidence in You. We thank You for, for our wonderful example in Jesus Christ. And we thank You that more than an example, He, he died for us to forgive us for all the times when we cave into all kinds of passions, all kinds of sin. He has, he has died for us so we can be forgiven. So that we can be brought from being a, a vessel for dishonorable use and brought to being a, a vessel for honorable use. We thank you for your great work in us. I pray that if there's people here who have never believed this, they've never trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, they've never turned 
Christ in faith. We pray that they would do that right now, that they would believe the gospel, they would believe that, that Jesus and Him alone, he, he is the only one who can save them from their sins, who can give them forgiveness, who can bring them into your family, who can, who can take their punishment that they deserve, take it from them. We pray that they understand and believe. And then for those who have believed, who, who have been rescued, I pray, God, that you would help us to grab hold of this idea of cleansing ourselves, pursuing holiness, pursuing sanctification. Not so that we can be right with you and be forgiven by you, but because we have been forgiven. And because we have the Spirit of God. That it would show up in our lives, God. That we would be ready for every good work. We would be useful to our Master Jesus. I pray that you do this work in us, God. Give us strength. Give us strength to follow you. In Christ's name, amen.